Hello, everybody. We are glad to be back. The man, the mountain of manhood. Your Uncle Tom is back after a brief hiatus. Because I know what he was doing. He was snapping necks and cashing checks. So we're going to bring that man on. His name is Derek Wilburn. And welcome to episode 6 of Uncle Tom Talks. I'm back, man. Welcome to the Tuesday evening edition of Uncle Tom Talks. As you just heard, we've missed a couple of shows. Um, I was out of town on Thursday. I guess I should give everybody an update on my kids. I think I'll do that next week. But I've got the most amazing kids in the world. I mean, literally in the world. You, you can't even believe how amazing my kids are. But our youngest is a junior in high school. And he is a rock star cross-country runner, just like his older brother was, who was recruited and ran District D1 uh, at Air Force Academy, finished his high school career with seven state medals. His younger brother is now trying to knock him off the pedestal. So uh, our youngest son finished fourth in the state uh, two Saturdays ago at the state meet, and then Saturday before, just a couple days ago Saturday, had a Southwest regional meet, which was held in Lubbock, Texas, at Lubbock Christian University. And he won. He won the whole thing. He won it. Not only did he win it, the second place finisher came in 13 seconds behind him. So he was in the clubhouse having a Jack and Coke by the time the second place finisher came across the line. So he won that thing outright. But we drove down there. So we had to be there by Friday. We took off on Thursday. That's why there was no Uncle Tom Talks uh, on Thursday of last week. But here we go. So the title of this show is Irritating, Ignorant, Unqualified, Unpopular. And we're talking about a specific individual. Oh, let me not forget to give credit where it is due. And I almost did. This show, as usual, is being produced back at the mothership by the two-time heavyweight champion of the world. All the ladies call him treetop lover. All the men just call him sir, but he is Apollo Creed. And there he is, the former heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. I knew you weren't going to forget. No, it wasn't going to happen. wasn't going to happen. Irritating, ignorant, unqualified, unpopular are four adjectives that can be used to describe the current vice president of the United States. And again, I get some people will contest whether or not these people actually were elected or not. That's neither here nor there for the time being. She owns the title. Kamala Harris is irritating, ignorant, unqualified, and unpopular. Kamala Harris uh, in this show, so listen, since the last time I was on the air, so much has happened. Rittenhouse, uh, climate package, one, another $1.3 trillion of your money spent on build back bankrupt. And, and I mean, so much happens every week. You can't even keep up with it all. But rather than rehash what I'm sure you've been seeing being hashed by everybody and their brother, although I might do Rittenhouse next week because people often want to hear specifically a black conservative's take on things like that. So maybe we'll do that Tuesday. Um, but I want to talk about the vice president because this is an irritating, ignorant, unqualified, unpopular individual, and it's getting worse all the time. So there are rumors swirling inside the Beltway, and none of it's confirmed. No, it, This is all 
the like New York Times uses their unsighted sources and sources who prefer to remain anonymous and all this stuff. I can't substantiate any of it, but rumors are swirling that the Biden administration is softly trying to find an exit strategy for Vice President Harris to get her out of there. Uh, and there's a couple of different theories, one being that her bombastic unpopularity is a boat anchor on Biden, whose popularity is horrible too. Another theory being that Biden is going to have to step aside before the end of his term. Um, I think a lot of people can see that happening without too much difficulty. I don't have a problem seeing that happening, uh, but they don't want to turn it over to her because people can't stand her. She's incompetent. And if she becomes the incumbent, assuming this presidency lasts for four years, if she's the incumbent in three and a half years, when it comes campaign time, bye-bye White House, no one's going to vote for this woman. Nobody voted for her the first time around. So Kamala Harris, we're going to spend some time deconstructing this woman on this show. And uh, we're going to do, uh, that's going to be the main topic. We also have real fake headlines. So stick around. I always close the show out with real fake headlines where you have the chance to win fantastic prizes paid for by the two-time heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. Now, and there he is, the former heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed. I had to get a second one in. Yeah, yeah, man, I like it. You know, you didn't mix it up, though. You've got some other ones. Give, give me another one now. Apollo Creed. Right. Still, he looks like $9 million. It looks like $9 million. <laughs> I'd say 10, All but that's just green me. green and wrinkled. All green and wrinkled, baby. <laughs> so, Kamala Harris. This is the most blatant example of the problems with nothing but diversity hires in the United States today. Now, granted, there's lots of other examples. They're everywhere. But none more visible than the Vice President of the United States. This is just an example of what can go wrong when you are seeking, when your number one priority in hiring is diversity. And you end up putting people in place who are incompetent, incapable, unlikable, have just really, I wouldn't say she has no qualifications, she was a Senator, but this person clearly was not ready to be the Vice President of the United States, let alone the President. Kamala Harris, depending on who you believe, the way she made her way into politics was, uh, uh, I'm not going to go into that, but uh, just just not, listen, during the Democrat primary, so there were, I believe, 16 candidates in the Democrat primary when the Democrat primary began back in 2020. Remember this? They had to have two separate debates. They had like to have the big boy debate and the little boy debate. Remember this? The people who weren't polling above 12% or 6% or whatever it was. If they weren't polling above a certain number, then they were on at five o'clock. And then the ones who were polling above that number, they were on at seven o'clock because there were so many of them. Well, Kamala Harris was, of course, one of those 16 people. Do you know how many delegate votes, how many Democrat delegate votes Kamala Harris netted during the Democrat primary? Goose egg, zero, not one. She was the first person out of the 2020 Democrat primary. First person out. Couldn't raise any money. Couldn't secure any delegate votes. Couldn't secure any support. Got out. First one out. Nobody liked the woman. Nobody wanted the woman. Yet, in their infinite wisdom, the Biden team 
when they put forth their vice presidential search, who do they pick but Kamala Harris, the woman that even Democrats couldn't stand? Why? Woman, light brown skin, a diversity hire. I don't think anybody would argue that there are a host of individuals in the Democrat Party far more qualified who would bring more to the policy side of the presidency than Kamala Harris, because she doesn't bring any. But that doesn't matter, especially if those guys were, especially if it was white males over 50, no hope, because all they care about is diversity, is skin color, is gender. And we can get into the discussion about what is and isn't gender some other time. But this woman is just irritating, ignorant, unqualified, and unpopular. And we're going to start. I'm going to go through a number of, you know, before we do that, so Apollo Creed, let's do this. Let's just go through got images one, two, three, and four, I believe, ready to roll. Let's just go through images one, two, three, and four in succession. Give me a couple a couple of seconds to comment on each one. Then we're going to get into our video clips of the night. So Kamala Harris, this is from two weeks ago. I believe her, her popularity has actually gone down some since two weeks ago. But she is actually 10 points less popular than the wildly unpopular Joe Biden. That's not a good look. Okay, that's not a good look. Next one. Popularity drops to historic lows for a U.S. vice president. You know, when you start talking historic, when they break that word historic out, that's not good. And remember, it's only November. These people were just sworn in in January. How can you get that unpopular that fast? Normally, this takes a matter of years. Okay, next headline. This is... <laughs> Comically bad approval rating. Comically bad. Nobody, and I mean nobody, likes this woman. And here's what the UK Telegraph had to say about it. Image five, image four, whatever we're up to. Least popular VP in at least 50. And my friends, it's only this November. Is rough. It's only not. How do you get that unpopular that fast? Uh, here, name one thing that this woman has done that has been beneficial or that has gone well for the United States of America. Name one. They make her the border czar. Okay, she's going to take care of the southern border. What kind of what, what kind of condition is our border in? Okay, name one thing. What is she? Name one thing. And she does not only does she. Can you not name anything? But she opens up her mouth and sticks her foot in it. Or she demonstrates how ignorant she is, or just plain, I don't know if ill-prepared is the right word, but she reminds me, I'm going to bring up a cue, get cut zero already, Mr. Producer, Apollo Creed. Uh, we're going to run cut zero here in a second. So this is a live press, con a, a, a cut from a live press conference last week. And this reminds me of a... 14-year-old, so like a freshman, an eighth grader or a freshman in high school, who has been asked a question by the teacher on a book that she clearly didn't read, right? So the, so the 
book was assigned on on Friday. You're supposed to read it over the weekend. Now on Monday, you're going to ask some questions about it. And you show up in a class thinking to yourself, well, there's 30 kids in class. Maybe I'll get lucky and she just won't call on me because you didn't read it, right? We've all been there. You just didn't read it. So you're just sitting there hoping that Mrs. DeLong doesn't call on me because if she does call on me, I got to fake it till I make it because I did not read the assignment. That is cut zero. Hit it, Apollo Creed. Question will come from Jennifer Jacobs at Bloomberg. Thanks a lot. Um, thank you. Okay, can you hold on to it? Uh, Ma'am, the U.S. is experiencing record inflation, the worst in 30 years, way beyond expectations. OPEC didn't increase oil production. Can you tell us a little bit about how you would prevent this, the new spending and your Build Back Better agenda. Hold it right there, Mr. Exacerbating the All right, I'm going to give you a pre. Everybody hates a spoiler, right? Don't you hate when somebody tells you what's about to happen in a movie? But I'm about to tell you what's going to happen because I want you to tune into this. Uh, back it up five seconds or so, Creed. So when we come back in, people get the end of the question one more time. The Vice President of the United States is about to explain that when prices go up, Things cost more. Don't take my word for it. You're about to see it and hear it with your own eyes. She's about to explain that when prices go up, things cost more. Hit it. OPEC didn't increase oil production. Can you tell us a little bit about how you would prevent this, the new spending and your Build Back Better agenda from exacerbating the problem? And also, what else? are you going to do to fix this problem with inflation? All right, thank you. Well, let's start with this. Uh, prices have gone up, and families and individuals are dealing with the realities of, of the, that bread costs more, that gas costs more. And we have to understand what that means. That's about the cost of living going up. That's oh. about having to stress and stretch limited resources. That's what it means. That's what it means when, think, when prices go That's up. That's about a source of stress for families that is not only economic, but is on a daily level, something that is a heavy weight to carry. So it is something that we take very seriously. Oh, she takes it seriously. So that's good. Very seriously. And we know How from the history of this issue in the United States that when you see these prices go up. Things get more expensive. It has a direct impact on the quality of life for all people in our country. So it's a big issue and we take it seriously. Hold it right there. Okay, so she's told us they take it seriously twice. And she's told us that when prices go up, things get more expensive. This is a 14-year-old who has been asked by the teacher to answer a question and hasn't read the book. Do you see what I'm saying? She has no idea what she's talking about, none. So she's just faking it till she's making it, and she's not making it. Roll it. And it is a priority, therefore. So we have addressed it in a number of ways. One of the mm. um, issues that we know is, is related to this is uh, the supply chain issue that we just discussed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
supply chain. Mm -hmm. And so on a domestic level, in terms of domestic policy, one of the approaches we have taken is to work with labor unions and to work with municipalities in opening back up and extending the hours of our ports. Um, but there is also a point that is important to make on the Build Back Better framework. One, it is designed to make it less expensive for working people to live. It was specifically designed to bring down the costs. Uh, how? And Build Back Better is not going to cost anything. We're paying for it. Hold it. So that is a big part. It's not going to cost anything. They passed this thing on Friday, a $1.3 trillion spending package. $1.3 trillion, but it's not going to cost anything. Hello? Earth? Hello? Earth? How do you spend? Okay, th that's what these people think. It's just poof. The money's just going to, it's just poof. This is going to cut fall out of the sky. 1.3 trillion. It isn't going to actually cost anything. Roll the tape. Our agenda, and um, I think it's important to also um, stress that it's not going to cost anything for the American taxpayer. Our next question. I'm sorry, Jim. We. Um, I want to make sure we get, are able to get to a lot. Of End those. of cut zero. We'll be seeing you later. So it's important to stress that it isn't going to cost anything. You know what that was? You know what you just heard? You just heard two and a half minutes of. Yeah, I feel enlightened. She just said, she said nothing, nothing, nothing. She said when things, when prices go up, things get more expensive. The Build Back Better plan is designed to bring prices down. How's it going to do that? We don't know, but the Build Back Better isn't going to cost anything, even though it costs $1.3 trillion. So, yeah, that, that's a sophomore in high school that isn't prepared to answer the question. But if you're a member of the Biden administration or if you're a member of the DNC, if you're somebody that lives at a strategic level in the party, that's an embarrassment. You're sitting there looking at that saying, you know, this is our number two. Okay, this is the vice president. You've got the president who is the biggest embarrassment. I mean, you they, they, putting him in front of a microphone is a disaster. We already talked about that in, in previous shows, and we'll talk about that a lot more in future shows because every time he gets behind the microphone, it's a disaster. So you'd at least like to have number two being able to carry it. There's somebody that we can put up there in front of cameras and microphones who can deliver a message succinct, that makes sense, that's cohesive. Speak to the American people at a heart level and win votes, win hearts, sell an agenda. Neither of these two can do it. Because Joe, we know what you're getting there. And Harris has become, she's just an embarrassment. Not only did nobody like her in the first place, so they put her on the ticket, which was a mistake because nobody in the Democrat party could stand her, let alone anybody else. And now she's proving that she's just incompetent. So. Here's the degree to it. So she's become, she's embarrassing them on a number of, all the time. Uh, we're going to get ready to go with cut eight, heavyweight champion. Cut number eight. So this was, uh, I believe this was last week. Kamala Harris was in France talking with a French diplomatic team. 
And this went viral. If you haven't seen it, you probably have. She got accused of mimicking a French accent during the trip. Here's one of the things that I can't. This drives me crazy when people do this. I know a couple people who have done this. When they start talking to people who, for whom English is not their first language, and they speak English with some sort of an accent, they themselves adopt this fake accent as if somehow that's going to make it easier for the person they're speaking to to understand what they're saying. It isn't making it any easier for them to understand you. It's just you being condescending. And they don't even realize they're being condescending. And when you reach the level of the vice presidency of the United States of America, condescension isn't a good look. But they can't coach these things out of her. I mean, she's still doing these things. So this is a, a real quick, quick, uh, quick, quick clip. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Cut number eight. With us in government, we campaign with the plan. Uppercase T, uppercase P, the plan. And then the environment is such that we're expected to defend the plan. Even when the first time we roll it out, there may be some glitches and it's time to reevaluate right, and then do it again. All right, kill it. So there we go. So the, the plan. So what is this, Pepe Le Pew? All of a sudden, actually, we can't do Pepe Le Pew because liberals have, have, have killed him. Uh, he's a rapist. So we, we can't do Pepe Le Pew. We can't do Foghorn Leghorn. We can't do any of those people anymore. It might cause uh, permanent warping of minds. So uh, people are critical of the plan. Uh, it just why so she's become an embarrassment and not only is she an embarrassment to the administration but she like so many other of these social justice warriors blm warriors people who find racism in everything she's one of these people who manages to find racism in everything so she's unpopular she's irritating and she pushes away a big portion of the American people because, like so many on the left, particularly people, particularly people of color in elected office, everything, everything is a hunt for racism. In cut number six, VP Harris was at NASA. So this also, I think, was two weeks ago because we didn't have a show last week. A gentleman from NASA is discussing some of the technology they are using and that they can use with satellites to measure the density of trees. And that's actually a pretty useful technology. Uh, but of course, VP Harris had to find racism in this. And not only did she find racism, she found a brand new source of racism, trees. Cut six. Um, as a result of redlining. And so New York City is really focused on, on targeting marginalized communities and vulnerable communities when they do climate adaptation strategies. Can you, can you measure um, trees? Because part yes. of that data that you're referring to, and it's an EJ, it's environmental justice, but you can also track by race there are averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. Um, it's it's profound and, and shocking at the same time. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But even in, in I'm going to try to shed some light on this. 
So trees. Now, here's what she meant. So she just didn't do a good job of delivering it. But environmental justice. So this is what NASA does now, right? The National Aeronautical, the, the, the space, you know, NASA. This is what they do now, okay? They're not all about environmental justice and social justice and climate change and what have you, which no big surprise is what you would expect from these people. What she's getting at or trying to get at is that in our urban centers, in our urban cores, Harlem and, 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 and New York City and, and different places, you have fewer trees, of course, because there's more buildings, there's more streets, there's more concrete, there's more sidewalks. Obviously, you've got fewer trees in inner city uh, New York than you do somewhere in, in rural Tennessee, of course. More black people live in inner city New York than live in rural Tennessee. Therefore, from an environmental justice point of view, what you essentially have is racist clusterings of trees or declustering of trees, right? Because where the black people live, there are fewer trees. Where there's fewer trees, there's more climate change activity or what, this is what they believe. If you've got less trees generating, you know, doing less CO2 conversion, you're going to have more drastic climate change events in areas where there are fewer trees. And there are fewer trees in neighborhoods that are heavily populated by black people because we've paved them all over. Therefore, from an environmental justice point of view, we need to tap into the technology that NASA gives us to figure out where the people are and the trees aren't. That's what she meant. But listen carefully, because this is what she actually said. DMV, um, as a result of redlining. And so New York City is really focused on, on targeting marginalized communities and vulnerable communities when they do climate adaptation strategies. Can you, can you measure um, trees? Part yes. of that data that you're referring to, and it's an EJ, it's environmental justice, but you can also track by race, there are averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. Um, it's it's profound and, and shocking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But even in, in neighborhoods, right? Yeah. We, we have had success mapping trees with Landsat data, but folks will actually um, fly planes over to get finer resolution data, and, and we work with our commercial partners also to, yeah. get, to get that finer resolution yeah. data. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're really yeah, showing. Uh -huh. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shocking. It's shocking. It is. It is absolutely shocking to learn that there are fewer trees in black neighborhoods in Chicago than there are in the woods of Arkansas. That's shocking. You see the pattern I'm putting together. This woman, she's embarrassing. The DNC, I guarantee you. They are coming up with a strategy or trying to come up with a strategy. They can see the same things I can see and that I'm showing to you that this just isn't this isn't a horse they can ride across the finish line. So ideally and typically vice president rise to become presidential timber. See what I did there? Timber. Come on, Cree, give it to me. Vice presidents rise to become top of the ticket, right? Bill Clinton's vice president, Al Gore, ran for president, lost, 
But this is this is one of the ways that things go. Joe Biden didn't run immediately, but eventually. Um, and if you're the DNC and you're looking around your party and saying, okay, well, our headliner for 2024, 2028, 2032, and she's young enough, uh, this is it. Racist trees. She also has some irritating tendencies. And now I'm going to talk about the cackle. So Donald Trump calls her laugh a cackle. Don't do this to me. And, and it's, you don't have a choice. You're in for the duration, baby. It's you and me all the way to the finish. Kamala Harris, so her laugh is a nervous mannerism. That's what it's called. That's the, that's the term. It's called a nervous mannerism. And we all have them. I have them, you have them, Harris has them, Apollo Creed has Everybody has nervous mannerisms. Uh, mine is one of my things is I raise my eyebrow when I'm speaking. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're nervous. It's just what it's called. It's just, it's a mannerism. One of the things that bugs me, here's a, I catch this all the time, drives me crazy. I'm a Major League Baseball fan. Uh, it's the last of the professional sports that I actually watch. MLB, love it. Batters in the in MLB, and if you watch baseball, now that I'm putting this on your radar, you're going to see it too, and it's all you ever see. They step out of the batter's box, and they undo, redo the Velcro on their gloves all the time, like after every pitch. It's just a mannerism. The, 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 glove, the Velcro doesn't need tightening. It's only been 30 seconds. They step out, undo it, redo it, undo it, redo it. Do it all the time. It's a nervous mannerism. Her mannerism is to laugh. So when she's presented with difficult materials, when she's presented with, um, uh, she's asked tough questions or whatever the case may be, her, her natural reaction, her natural tendency is to, is to do the cackle, is to laugh. And I thought that I'd send, so cut for Apollo Creed, uh, this is, so I'm going to do cut four first. So this is when she was interviewed by Lester Holt. Um, you can jump on YouTube and there are people who have put together compilations of all the times that she has laughed when asked a difficult question. And Apollo Creed, I thought I had sent that over prior I've got to cut four, yeah. the movie. Yeah, but there was about three or four others. Is that the only one you've got is cut four? Uh, yeah, border laughs. Yeah, um, my bad. Okay, well, Board of Laughs will have to do it for now. So let's roll cut four. I've got cut seven, too, of Kamala Harris laughing on 60 Minutes. Okay, let's, uh, let's do four first. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... What's your response to Oh, my god. Keep it rolling. Okay, so this is one of the compilations. Let's do that again. Okay, let's, I'll start Let's do over. that from the top. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but, uh, What's your response to a course of Americans? Hold on, hold on. Slow down, everybody. <laughs> uh, one other topic I wanted to uh, talk to you about. But let me just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, I'm here in Guatemala today. I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border, we've been to the we, border. You haven't been to the border, I, and I haven't been to Europe, and I, I mean I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm 
that's not funny. So Lester Holt, to his credit, put her in a box, right? Are you going to the border? Asked her directly three times. She hasn't been to the border at that time. She hadn't been there, even though she's the border czar. So he doesn't let her off the hook. And when it gets really uncomfortable, default is her nervous mess to laugh, to laugh it off. And that's not a good look, particularly if you're the DNC trying to groom somebody for the Oval Office in coming years. Um, okay, so that was complicated. Let's go to, let's jump to cut seven. <laughs> you're considered the most liberal United States Senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage, but. Yeah. Well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. Let's talk about Peggy. You once Come again on, gave Isn't a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. Trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> It'd be important if you said the truth. Joe Biden said funny. twice in the debate last week. That you landed haymakers on Joe Biden. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent? It was a debate. <laughs> Ron Gold has said that he is for the legalization of marijuana recreationally. Your thoughts on that? That he is entitled to his opinion. <laughs> so if it was legalized all throughout the country and medicinal, would you, you know, right, do I it? Listen, that's, I that's, think that's, that it gives a lot of that's, people that's, There's, there's, oh, probably, uh, there's probably another, there's probably another minute of that, but you get the point. So it's, it's a mannerism. When she's asked a direct question or put into an uncomfortable situation, her default is to go to that cackle laugh. Now, you have your default when you're in an uncomfortable situation that you jump to as well, whether you realize it or not. So does she. Now, these people, I mean, these are people who are speaking to the world on the world stage. One would think that the DNC has coaching available. I mean, I've been coached on television appearances and things like that and how you present yourself and when to smile and when to not smile. And you know, they, get, they have people that do this for a living. You would think that somebody would have worked with her and at this point have coached that out of her to get her to the point where, look, when you're presented with something that is decisively not funny, that is uncomfortable territory, Maybe you're flirting with the line of the truth. The wrong reaction is to laugh about it. You'd think someone would have coached that tendency out of her by now, but they haven't. She is irritating, ignorant, unqualified, and unpopular. Other than that, she's a great VP. So, <sighs> enough of Kamala Harris. The Vice President of the United States, theoretically, and if I'm the DNC, if I'm a big Democrat donor, I mean big donor, even if I'm a small donor, but especially if I'm a big donor, and I'm looking down the road, and you have to look down the road because Joe, Joe's just not going to make it. We, we all, no, everybody knows that. He's not going to make it. I believe if he serves a full term, uh, he'd be 81 and a half, 82. Um, there's, there, there's not a second term in, there's not a second run in him. It's just not going to happen. So if I'm a big donor to the DNC and I'm looking at the horses in the stable 
Now, you want me to cough up some great big fat checks to help that woman carry our flag into the next election? Uh, boy, it's going to be, you're going to have to work some magic to get me to write that check because she is an embarrassment. And not only is she an embarrassment, she's ignorant, irritating, unqualified, unpopular. A few weeks ago on the Uncle Tom Talks show, we rolled out what has become the biggest gaming sensation in the United States today. It's called Real Fake Headlines. Here's how this works. There are four, I'm going to read you four headlines. And as I read them, Apollo Creed will put them on the screen. But of these four headlines, three of these are real. So I surfed the web, uh, some obscure websites, some, some bigger websites, could be anywhere. And I pulled three headlines from various news sources in the world and made one of them up. So you're going to get to see four headlines right now. Of these four, one is fake, three are real. If you can correctly identify the fake, Apollo Creed, the two-time heavyweight champion of the dancing destroyer of Monte Fisto, is going to send you a 28-year supply of line-caught albacore tuna. Apollo Creed, 28 years. Like <laughs> All right, Apollo Creed, here we go. Headline number one. All you have to do is type into the chat and after the after rely on apollo creed to monitor the chat because from where i'm sitting i can't see it but when you think you know which one is fake type it into the chat type number two number one number three whatever one you think is fake if you get it right you got a 28 year supply of line caught albacore tuna headline number one ftc appointee federal trade commission ftc appointee was pushed out of Google for political activism. FTC appointee was pushed out of Google for political activism. Headline number two, VP Harris says, America's veterans deserve better, quote unquote. VP Harris says, quote, America's veterans, America's veterans deserve better. Headline number three, Mark Ruffalo, Jake Johnson star in new voting rights ad for electile dysfunction. Yes, you read that correctly. Woof. Mark Ruffalo, Jake Johnson star in <laughs> voting rights ad for electile dysfunction. That's number three. If you think that's a fake one, put number three in the chat. And number four, John Kerry tells the COP26 climate summit that the U.S. won't have coal by 2030 and the power sector will be carbon free by 2035. Okay, there's your four headlines. I'll give you a quick recap. Get your votes in now if you want tuna. Number one, FTC appointee was pushed out of Google for political activism. Number two, VP Harris says, quote, America's veterans deserve better, end quote. Number three, Mark Ruffalo, Jake Johnson, star in new voting rights ad for electile dysfunction. And number four, John Kerry 
Lurch tells the COP20 Climate Summit that U.S. won't have any coal by 2030 and the power sector will be carbon-free by 2035. There's your four headlines. Okay, Apollo Creed, do we have any voters? We got a vote for two. Headline number two. We got one. We got one that says number two is the fake. Okay. If that's the fake, We've and got if one that's for the three. Vote, uh, okay, somebody thinks it's number three, that the electile dysfunction is a fake. I'm going to hold it open for another 10, 9, 8. We got another vote for two. Two votes on number two. Two on number two, one on number three. Let me go back. I can't believe we don't have more tuna lovers more than that. Three. All right, so we're split two for two, two for three. Got a four. Somebody thinks John Kerry's uh, fake? How dare you? Oh, one more for right. four. Two twos, two threes, two. two fours. We got three for two. Two is in the lead. Three for two, two for three, two for four. Get those votes in. Real fake headlines. Oh, this is going to be a close All one. All right, here we go. Say again? Oh, you ready, ready to rock. Let's pull up the webpage link, or the image, rather. Um, one of us is paying attention here. What is it? It is image number... I've got it. It is image number nine. Our first headline was FTC appointee was pushed out of Google for political activism. Look at that individual. So this is true. This is on the Washington Free Beacon. Google, as radical, far out, bat crap crazy as the web giants of Silicon Valley have become, Google, Facebook, Twitter, you know, the lineup. This individual, so wacky left-wing political activism that even Google said, knock it off. Even Google said, you're too much for us and pushed this person out. So where does this individual land a job working for your federal government hired by the Joe Biden administration to work for the Federal Trade Commission. If that doesn't tell you what you need to know about the ideological disposition of the people that are running Washington, D.C. today, nothing will. Put up headline number two. Vice President Harris says, America's veterans deserve better. What was she talking about when she said that? What did she mean when she said America's veterans deserve better? Well, I'll tell you, she didn't mean anything because she never said it. Number two is the made-up headline. She'd never say anything like that. It's a fake. Those of you who voted for headline number two, you are in the money tonight. Headline number three, image number 10. Headline number three is real. Headline number three, these Hollywood... So Mark Ruffalo, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Jake Johnson. I actually have no idea who Jake Johnson is. Literally, I have absolutely no idea, no clue. Uh, 
he's, he's, I guess he's in the movies or he's on TV. Star in new voting rights ad for electile dysfunction. And in the middle is the guy from um, Home Builders, Home Alone, Home Properties, Property Property Brothers, Property Flips. What? He's uh, one of the twins uh, that fixes up houses on TV. So chances are, if you see people on TV or on the silver screen in the movie theater, and I hope you don't see them on the in the movie theater, stop giving your money to these people. But they're left-wing lunatics. And these people put together an ad called Electile Dysfunction. Now, in this ad, they don't reveal where they live ideologically. But anyone who knows anything or is paying attention knows. Mark Ruffalo, that first guy, he plays uh, the Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner, Dr. Bruce Banner, who becomes the Hulk in the Avengers uh, movies. Uh, he, is, he is as far, far Hollywood left as anyone on the left. Way out there. Way out there on the far Hollywood left way out there so he's not going to put together or, or or promote anything except things that are going to benefit the lunatic left this is the ad that these people put together and have running on youtube and various other places where you and your children could run into it let's bring up cut number 11. is your democracy flaccid trouble maintaining a strong coalition Tired of the parade of disappointing performances, then you might be one of the 330 million Americans suffering from electile dysfunction. I get all excited about a new bill. The debate gets all hot and heated. We'll move things to the floor. And right when we're about to achieve a joint resolution, bam. Total government shutdown. Premature capitulation. I don't know, every time I get an election, I think maybe this time will be different. Filibusting just doesn't make me feel good anymore. It's embarrassing, okay? Fortunately, there's the Freedom to Vote Act. The Freedom to Vote Act? What's the Freedom to Vote Act? The Freedom to Vote Act, what does that mean? The Freedom to Vote Act ends your tired, sagging, floppy relationship with politics by making Election Day a holiday across the country, banning gerrymandering, expanding voter access, increasing integrity, blocking foreign interference, empowering everyday citizens, and healing our democracy. Now my election is rock solid, and it works everywhere. Oh, it works everywhere. And it's safe. It used to take me forever to find the location. To, to vote. vote. <laughs> but with the FTVA, we have all day to get to the polls. And it only takes two minutes. Which I prefer, honestly. She really does. The Freedom to Vote Act is only for democracies healthy enough for electoral activity. Talk to your representative if you are experiencing greased palms, lined pockets, dictators, neo-fascists, or other pre-existing conditions, as you may not be healthy enough for the FTVA. Passing FTVA may cause an increase in being heard, power, a full expression of your inalienable rights, representation, and a rare federal condition called accountability. If you experience voting lines that last over four hours, call your senator, as they have not passed the FTVA. Talk to your senator about the Freedom to Vote Act and demand safer and more satisfying elections today. Isn't that clever? Wow. Now, I, I I am willing to admit my ignorance on the Freedom to Vote Act. I'm putting it out there right now. I've never read it. I've never researched it. I, I I'm ignorant. I admit it. I just I, I have never looked. I haven't looked into it. But I know enough to know this. If the Hollywood left is behind it, I'm suspicious that it's 
anything that I want enacted. But of course, I mean, they're always going to put stuff out that makes it feel good, sound good, look good, right? They're never going to say vote for this because it's going to turn our nation into a communist dictatorship. Nobody's going to say that. They're going to say it's wonderful. It does this. It slices bread. It's better for you than raw peas, all that stuff. So all they're going to put that put that great stuff out there. But when you get into the details of the bills, when you find out what's really in it, and I don't know what's really in it, but I know that if Mark Ruffalo and his Hollywood buddies are behind it, I've got my suspicions. And even if I didn't have my suspicions, this electile dysfunction ad, okay, well, a little play on words, fine. Maybe one or two innuendos, okay. But a full three minutes, whatever that thing was, I don't know, two and I didn't time it, two and I, yeah, that, that gimmick gets old fast, at least for me. Um, and if you've got, I no longer have young children, but if you've got nine-year-olds, 11-year-olds, not my favorite thing. Headline number four, John Kerry. So headline number three was real. Okay, that was real. John Kerry tells the COP26 climate summit that U.S. won't have coal by 2030 and the power sector will be carbon free by 2035. That came from the UK Daily Mail. Now, this is stunning. So John Kerry, failed presidential candidate, says the U.S. won't have coal by 2030. That's only nine years from now. I mean, we're not talking about nine years. We're going to be completely coal free. Now, he said we won't have coal, which is misworded. Of course, the United States will still have coal. We've got an infinite supply of it in the ground. So he doesn't mean we won't have any. He means we won't be using coal. So somehow we're going to completely switch over to wind and solar in nine years. How's that going to happen? Oh, wait, we're spending $1.3 trillion to make it happen. These people simply do not understand. They do not understand. They, they, they believe that their pipe dreams for how things ought to be is how things really are. They do. They believe in this world of rainbows and unicorns where there are no CO2 emissions, where all fossil fuels are a thing of the past and everything is run off of renewables. They believe that that is literally attainable today, let alone in nine years. In John Kerry's mind, he's being generous by pushing it out nine years. And I covered it in the last Uncle Tom Talks or two shows ago. You have to look through the archives. The, the, the reason gas prices are where they are is because this is where they want them to be. They don't want gas prices lower. It's going to cost you, if you live in a cold weather state like I do, it's going to cost you 20, 30, maybe 40% more to heat your home this winter, this, this cold weather season than it cost you last year and under the Trump years. And they don't want those prices lower. See, they believe this stuff. So there's real fake headlines. If you did indeed pick number two as the fake headline, if you said to yourself, there is no way Kamala Harris ever said anything like that about our vets, get in touch with Apollo Creed. You can reach his agent, book him for a showing. Everyone likes to come out and hear the former heavyweight champion of the world spit his game. And when he pulls up, he'll back up in an 18-wheeler full of your albacore tuna. This has been Uncle Tom Talks. 
And we got to give a, a like couple of shout outs right now. I'm just saying we need a few trucks of tuna because we got Jeffrey Freeman, Brian Reagan. Uh, we've got a few people that I owe some fish to. We've got Denise. Uh, I'm just saying I owe a lot of tuna to people. All right, Derek. Wow. 28 years supply to no fewer than eight people. That's huge. Or no fewer than what? Three. How many winners do we have? Three. Three. Shout out to our winners. Uh, I'd read your name on air, but I can't see your name, but the champion of the world just did. If you like Uncle Tom Talks, be right Tuesday, Thursday with the except Thursday. Hopefully you'll be enjoying this Thursday with family and loved ones. You don't want to kill grandma. Don't get me started on that stuff. Which, by the way, speaking of, I send out my own newsletter. If you don't get my newsletter, visit RM Rocky Mountain, RM blackconservatives.com rmblackconservatives.com the first time you visit you're going to get a pop-up screen that says become an insider or something like that that's how you sign up for my newsletter i don't beat you up i usually send out one a week but last week i sent out a newsletter and i sent it out uh thank you apollo creed i send out this newsletter every year at this time many people are ignorant as to the origin of thanksgiving or we believe what we've been taught. We believe that it was the pilgrims and sat down with the Indians, they uh, made peace and had a meal and all that stuff is true. But the reason we celebrate the last Thursday in November as a national day of Thanksgiving is because of a presidential proclamation issued in October of 1863 by our 16th president, a man named Abraham Lincoln. Go to DuckDuckGo Stop using Google. If you still use Google, they're a part of the evil empire. Go to DuckDuckGo, type in Abraham Lincoln Thanksgiving Proclamation. You'll find lots of links. It's all over the web. Pull it down, and before your Thanksgiving meal tomorrow, read it. Read it to your friends. Read it to your family, especially if you have younger children. If you have little ones, we need to pass along the heritage of this country. Read Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving Day Proclamation, Presidential Proclamation number, I can't remember the number, but it's very easy to find. It is the most moving, beautiful, inspiring piece of American literature. You can read it quick. It's only a few paragraphs long. It's, it's not very long. You can read it in 90 seconds. Read that thing this year to your family before you share your Thanksgiving meal. Make it a tradition. Read it every year. But as you read it, when you finish with Uncle Tom Talks, jump on the web, go find it real quick after the when we go off the air here, and ask yourself this question. Read it and ask yourself this question. What chance would that man have of being elected today? Read his words in that proclamation and ask yourself, could he be elected in 2021? Not a chance. Greatest president, arguably, of this country's in this country's excuse me ever had couldn't be elected today on a bet because they take that proclamation splash it all over the tv and say we cannot have a radical like this running our country i'm derek wilbur and this has been uncle tom talks i will see you one week from tonight tuesday the i don't know whatever it is next week the 30th of november until that time for Apollo Creed, the two-time heavyweight champion of the world. Y'all have Apollo a good night. Creed.
Thank you for joining us once again, everybody. Remember to text FREEDOM, F-R-E-E-D-O-M, to 89517 and get our text alert so you can be alerted next time Derek's about to go live. God bless you all. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time on Uncle Tom Talks.